Welcome to Miss You Outsiders and Apps. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama musical. Yes, cast. I think this might be the musical episode. Riverdale is now a musical. I, I'm, Look, think, I'm thinking this is their musical episode. I know we had songs in the last couple ones that were very musical-like, but this one is full-on through it. But typically their musical episodes use the songs from musicals. U- usually it's... So I diegetic. Yeah, it's usually like somewhat yeah. diegetic. Sometimes yeah. not, but sometimes a little bit. Uh, Kevin, I think we have another one coming <laughs> upon us. I don't think we're out of the woods. Oh no, uh, out of the woods, into the woods, back before dark. <laughs> okay. Um, the 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 th- infuriating thing about this episode and its music for me, we'll get into it. Um, but most of the songs are sung by one person or one group of people, except for one. Which will break from the format of where it's like, oh, I kind of get it. The music people are singing. And most of this seems like most of the songs, <laughs> all of the songs, Except do for... happen in real life. No, I think one doesn't, which is the first one. No, I think the end of it does. Okay, you know, I agree with the end of it does. Yeah, I yes. think she starts singing in her head and she's like, well, now I got to <laughs> sing in, out loud. Yeah. Um, I mean, you'll probably realize this is the uh, triumphant... Return mm-hmm. of the Pussycats. In fact, L- let me tell you, audience, Val gets more lines, not Val, Melody. Melody gets more lines in this episode than in the rest of the series combined. Cer- certain parts of this episode seem like an apology to Melody, where it's like, <laughs> Melody, you did nothing. You had no plot points. <laughs> At least Val got to date Archie. And and she left the band for a while, and Veronica replaced her, and, like, Val had stuff going on. Melody was always just sort of like, and I'm here too. I have drumsticks. Now it turns out she has a rich inner life, which is terrible. <laughs> this show will also try really, really hard to make us feel like Josie was a character. Oh, yeah. Well, this will be the second time... Um, so, well, second character who I feel like once again is given lines where they're mad at the show, which is fine. I think Ashley Murray was also kind of mad at Riverdale. I mean, Riverdale did keep saying she was a main character, and she wasn't, and she, gave her no plot lines. She didn't really get to grow, and then they'd be like, "Oh, it turns out for a year she's been steaming about <laughs> this thing." Oh yeah, she has a lot of axes to grind. Apparently, not. All of them are uh, equal. Reasonable. <laughs> and she'll get over them somewhat fast. And she, well, she'll get, she will not get over them. She will not be a character <laughs> and just move on. She she is so... Jo- the Return of Josie McCoy. She is very uneven as her motivations and characters. I guess it kind of makes sense considering the reveal we get about mm. her. But She doesn't have to be reasonable. Yeah. She's going through something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's... As soon as this episode started, I, I immediately was like, I don't... I have no interest in this. It. And instead, we did spend way too long before we started this episode talking about something we do care about. So, listen to our episode. Yeah. Don't feel like you need to watch this episode of Riverdale. Instead... Go watch the 2001 movie <laughs> Josie and the Pussycats, starring Rachel Lee Cook, Tara Reid, and Rosario Dawson as the Pussycats. Yep, it yep. is better than anything this show has done. Featuring Alan Cumming and Parker Posey. Parker Posey, thank you. That's the one I was trying to remember. And Dujur, which is the band <laughs> of the day. Yeah, <laughs> and the greatest opening scene 
in movie history with du jour on a plane. It, Fully I, improvised, absolutely amazing. I, yeah, I don't want... <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it, even though it's the first five minutes of the movie. If You know what? You would just watch that. Watch that scene of the movie. Look, it'll teach you what du jour means. Du jour means a lot of things. Du jour means a lot of things. <sighs> okay. Like, today, du jour means doing this podcast. Yeah. Du jour means that this is Riverdale, season five, episode 15, The Pussycats. The Pussycats. Some places are called it the return of the Pussycats. It's, I, I mean, it is a return of the Pussycats. Return of the Pussycats. Uh, we start with a melody voiceover. Yeah, and it's a very Jughead voiceover. Um, and we'll find out why <laughs> real quick. So Melody is, has been writing about the Pussycats. And she's talking about best. they were best friends until they weren't. Aaron, do you remember when the Pussycats broke up? Well, they do show it to us in a flashback, but I don't remember that. Season 2, episode 7, 2017. So they got back together for two seasons after they broke up. What? Or did they continue to not be a band? No, they were were never a band. No, Valerie and Melody's last appearance was Veronica and the Pussycats at the Pickens Day Fest. Because originally that was going to be josie and veronica doing the pick and stay thing right but then josie got pulled out because there was because her mom yeah well because there was threats made because you know pick and stay was racist yeah yeah um so they pulled josie but now veronica and the pussycats did it that was valerie and melody's last appearance that was after uh the pussycats broke up because josie was going solo josie continued until season three so we can only assume that um melody and val just moved out of town yeah. It will be unclear I think in this in entire York. episode where they live. I think it's New York because everyone's in New York. Okay, but we find out very quickly that Melody, the reason that she gets to do this voiceover, yeah. is she dropped out of Harvard Law School because she needed to find her voice and uh, <laughs> wrote, wrote a YA novel. She wrote and published a YA novel called Summer Storm. Um, and I was like, ooh, there's two writers in the Riverdale show. And they both are doing YA voiceovers. <laughs> um, so... Apparently, the reason they did this is that Melody, in real life, like yeah. the actress who plays her, is a YA novelist. Does Roberto not know how to write, like, pe- actors? Act- yeah, characters. Like, oh, oh, they're dating in real life? Cool. Oh, they're, <laughs> they're a YA author in real life? Cool. Oh, Chris. Oh, my God. What is the name of the guy who plays Kevin? Oh, um. Casey Cott. Casey Cott. Casey Cott is Broadway? Oh, well, Kevin wants to be in theater. Yeah. Um. Now, now, so I would be like, hey, Melody, you dropped out of law school she to write a... Wa- Harvard Law School to write a YA novel. Hey, Mel, buddy, You could have done girl, both. Could have done both. As <laughs> knowing a lot of writers could have done both. You could have done both. But she did one, and it went very well. So well, in fact. That her girlfriend reveals a little secret. Ooh. That it turns out most of the people in that room already know. I think Alan most of them. There's, there's one guy, which is Alan, which is Valerie's boyfriend. boyfriend and he might not know. I, you know what? Actually, there might be extras in this scene. All I know okay. is there's Nancy. 
Nancy knows, Melody knows, Valerie knows, because the big news is that Melody's novel has also been optioned to be a movie. And like super, by, super op- optioned. Yeah, by, by Tyler Perry. And Valerie is already on deck to play the lead. <laughs> and I was like, what? Now, now, fortunately, we immediately learn in a scene between Nancy and uh and melody who by the way nancy and melody are dating yes um just like alan and valerie are dating they've all moved on with their lives from their high school crushes and are dating some other people, other people. um it turns out tyler perry doesn't want An valerie Br- random barista <laughs> she would rather he would rather have a big star like kiki Palmer. and i'm like yeah yeah that's duh. how movies work duh we get a, some real, after only watching the pilot, I know you watched the rest, we get some real Katie Keene feelings on art and the business of art in and this. the things that you are owed if you are an artist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, we then... follow up the scene with Melody and Nancy with a scene between Valerie and Alan, which is also full of info that we need to know. Big info dump. Oh, this is, okay, this episode's not written well. It is all info dumps. Everything's info dumps. There are going to be some times of this episode where I will read a line out verbatim, and this is going to be one of them. All right. That's when Val says, referring to Melody, she's like a real adult. And I'm like, yeah, a real adult written by a child. Yeah, that's not a real adult's word. <laughs> this is a child's idea of what an adult life is. Look, if Melody was a real adult, she would have stayed in Harvard Law School until she finished her novel, it got picked up, and she made the money off of it. Because, Kevin, you're a published author. How much money have you made off your book? You don't have to say a dollar amount. I have a check for $100 over there I haven't cashed yet. <laughs> I should do that. Kevin's so rich, he doesn't cash $100 checks. No. He's a real adult. No, I just have to go to the bank to do it. And the <laughs> bank's scary right now. Um, all this to say, like, you should follow your dreams, but also you should pay your bills. Yeah. Uh, so we in this scene, we get explained that Val is a is a barista, poet, activist, I guess an actor. I don't know if that's ever confirmed. I don't actually they ever confirmed she's an actor. I think we just say she is going she's to be. She's going to be in the movie. So, okay. Um, and we find out that Alan recently proposed to her and she said, <laughs> her? Yeah. And Alan is such a good dude that he's like, I accept that her. <laughs> Sometimes I'll be like, is her yes? We get two we get two seeds of Alan. Alan seems chill. Nancy also seems chill. But... No, I want to point out to you guys that Alan is in fact Alan M from the Josie and the Pussy Bat Pussy <laughs> <Who's> Bats. <laughs> from the Josie and the Pussycats comics. I think I think I think Josie I think the Pussy Bats are like the evil world version of the Pussycats. Oh, Kevin, we gotta write this. <laughs> okay. Alan M will be a vampire overlord. They all have goatees. Uh, yes, this is Alan M, a character that apparently exists. Yeah, he's like their roadie. He's a big blonde dumb boy, dates Josie, but in this world, Orig- <laughs> smart dark-haired guy. Original himbo. Original himbo. All right. So this cuts to us hearing uh, some music from Josie McCoy over the radio, and apparently now she is a multi- platinum recording artist despite the fact that only two years ago on katie and katie keen they were all struggling artists yeah so i'm i'm sort of i've sort of been comparing her a lot in my head to like a rihanna type because rihanna blew up super fast Mm -hmm. like you know she hey mr dj and then there off she went um but she is she has barely vanished she never made it to her berlin show well where is she 
She's in Riverdale. She's in Riverdale. They, they don't hit, dangle that fish for very long. <laughs> well, no, because Tabitha's working in the bar alone, and then Josie comes in. It takes out with a little bit to recognize her, but she recognizes, oh, my God, you're Josie McCoy. You're the, the, the musician. And then she asks the dumbest question that a character on the show has ever asked. Is Riverdale the way you remember it? And at which, which cues in the fact that this is a musical, because Josie turns around and starts singing... It's all coming back to me now. You know, Celine Dion. <laughs> of course. Of course you sing the most. Of course that's the song you pick. It gets a little bit weird when she starts hitting the real romantic element of it as she's walking through a school. And then they bring in Melody and Valerie who are very, very <laughs> angry in their singing. Yeah. It's like this weird flashback. I um, shout out to the to the one moment where like Josie's uh, singing and she's flashing back to such memorable moments as... Talking to her dad in Pop Tates. Singing with Cheryl instead of Melody. Kissing that time Archie. She was, and, that, and that time she danced with Chuck Clayton. Uh, but there's this amazing shot where Josie's singing up. The camera pans and Tabitha's just standing <laughs> at, at the bar. Just l- looking at her and watching. Just <laughs> stunned silence as Josie spins away now what is important is josie came to pop tates ordered food and at the end of the song she will arrive back in her hotel room yes her hotel room and she will be singing so i guess she didn't take her food <laughs> and then she'll get a knock on the door yeah so this song this is what we're sort of talking about this song is like pseudo non-digest it, yeah. it ends and she actually is singing because she's knocking the door knocking the door it is the hotel concierge or something yeah. with an angry Hiram Lodge. So this is kind of infuriating. Remember when Hiram Lodge was the big, bad, evil man with plans of them plans? This episode, he's the pest. He's just an angry other hotel Th- guest. This young lady was too loud for she me. She sang after 9 p.m. And the concierge, like, hey, Mark Wales is pretty tall, I think. I think um, so. They put him with a concierge who is seven feet tall. This so man he, towers over him. So he looks like a child. In his pajamas. <laughs> this woman's too loud. Make her be quiet. And then Josie just clowns on him. She just calls him a bitch like seven times. I mean, I would call that clowning on him. She just calls him a little bitch repeatedly. <laughs> and, he, and he's like, Whoa. and then we don't see him for the rest of the episode. Kevin, I have a very, very, very important question. Yeah. Why is Hiram in this hotel? Oh, um, I don't know. Because cool, we know that he doesn't live in, obviously, the, the Veronica lives in the house, like the, the apartment, the Pembroke. I think he's, but now, and the last time we saw him, he was staying in the five seasons because he was divorcing his wife. I don't know why he's still in the five seasons. Also, he doesn't, why, why does he live in Riverdale? <laughs> the town that he hates, that he made not a town. Well, I mean... Okay, this this has to be the five seasons because that's the only hotel that appears. I'm shocked the five seasons remains in yeah. the terrible town. It's a chain. It could pull out at any time. Was it outside of the town this entire time? Like just on the edge of this unincorporated village? So when it became unincorporated, it didn't matter because it was like I was never in that town anyway? Yeah. And who's coming there anymore? How? Why would? Why would this fancy hotel still exist? Nothing makes sense. All right. Uh, we also learned here she, she signed under a fake name, Miss Newmar. But, but right. she's very wealthy, so her bitching, literally yeah. bitching, works. Yeah. Uh, this cuts to the B-plot of this 
uh, story, which there's only one B-plot, so cool, fun for us. And this B-plot is the only thing that is trying to connect this episode to the rest of this TV show, because this is the third <laughs> this is the third episode in a row that does not drive any of our main storylines forward well, in any way. Well, no, that's what infuriated me. The last two episodes did drive the main the main plot forward, but sort in, of, like, but like in the background because the Palladium was revealed. That's in, right. In the background, Jughead returned to town. In the background, in this episode, he's just sitting around, hanging out with everybody, and I'm like. The last time you saw him... He wandered off into the ether. Leaving, leaving you a very mysterious voicemail. I mean, no, you, you didn't even see him wandering off. He vanished bloodily in the middle of the night after having a drug trip and then left you a message saying, Hey, I got some things I gotta deal with in New York. And now he's just drinking with them at the bar. As far as we know, the last thing Betty did was watch a man... Ch- Bite off his own tongue and die in front of her. No, that's fair for Betty. Though. Like, she's she, fine. She, she's got to. She's, she's got to deal with this. Archie was supposed to be hospitalized because of his PTSD. Yeah, this feels outside the realm of this show. <laughs> okay, so, so all that to say the plot line. Tabitha, because of Mean Joe's McCoy, she was reminded of the reason she, she came, came to Riverdale. So remember when Tabitha was like a really well educated probably Harvard-educated businesswoman. Yeah. A real go-getter. Yeah. She got really distracted because of Jughead's nonsense. <laughs> but she, the reason she wanted to come here, and I think she did mention She this, did say right? this, yeah. yes. Uh, she wants a franchise pops. So she asked Veronica, hey, Veronica, could could you invest my money for me? And Veronica explains, no. All of the <laughs> money I'm taking from people, I'm investing to pay my own debts, and then I will subsequently pay them back. I, but it'll be a long time before I can pay you back. Like, no, I can't. I'm pulling a scam. I don't want to scam you. And that was just like, okay. That makes sense. It, uh, uh, Veronica's okay. very open that she is running a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> yeah, she's like, well, Chadwick pulled this Ponzi scheme, which got us in debt, so I have to pull my own Ponzi scheme to get us out of debt. I'm like, this is how that happens. Veronica. white-collar criminals. But I think we're supposed to root for her, Kevin. I think we're supposed to feel bad for her. <laughs> She's though, just trying to tread water. Even though I have to imagine, like, we don't get Chadwick's reasoning. Maybe he was also in debt before that. Maybe this is the exact thing that Chadwick did. Maybe that helicopter crash really <laughs> took a crash on their finances. Not to ever defend Chadwick. No, he's terrible. Yeah, uh, Josie takes a visit to the school. And Weatherby is so ex- – so Kevin brings her into Weatherby's office, and yeah. Weatherby is so excited because what's <laughs> something the school needs? <laughs> a music teacher. So Josie, ostensibly, came yeah. back to Riverdale to record-, record an album. Yeah. And apparently Riverdale High has – Tons of recording equipment I th- in the music room. I bet she has her own recording equipment. She just wants to do it in the music room because it's like it evo- it's where I start out. It's where I evoke the original feelings, and then I she can sh- sure hope so. I mean, I could imagine an artist like putting out an album and people being like, "This album was filmed in the or was rec- filmed was recorded <laughs> in the music like school like the music room at the high school where she got her start." This does seem very Taylor Swifty. Yeah. Uh, and but she'll she'll pay by teaching a music class. Although if I'm just gonna say she was willing to pay any amount of money, Riverdale High School needs that any amount of money. Yeah, they need a lot more than a music teacher. Because Kevin can do it; it'll be fine. Also, she stays for about two days. Yeah, and then leaves. Uh, all right, time to get introduce another character from Katie Keene. 
Alexandra Cabot, who does not have a white strip in her hair, and it's very upsetting. Yeah, and that was two years ago. I don't think she had it on that show either. That... I think it was just the comic books. Oh. I didn't watch that show. Uh, so we learned that she apparently was one of Chadwick's investors. And now she's feeling itchy. She's suspicious. So instead of going to Chad, who is his she, own individual. She 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 does explain half-heartedly, I tried calling Chad, but he wouldn't pick up. So yeah, and then she goes to his wife. wife. That is not how this works. Like, I... And, he is his own entity. Veronica is her own like, entity. I, I'll give her that. It does, like he is clearly dodging her. So, but I mean, you know. Okay. But what she does is she goes to Veronica to get Veronica to give her the money. Whereas what she should be doing is going to Veronica to be like, "Hey, how do I track down your husband?" Yeah. Um. And this is the second time where. So apparently. I don't know if this is some sort of weird disconnect between us and, I guess, wealthy investors. <laughs> the amount of times, like, someone is like, hey, I'm feeling financially nervous. I would like my money back. And someone just goes, have you considered investing more? And they go, yeah. Yeah, that does sound good. <laughs> yeah, like, obviously we don't know how investing works. I guess investing is just never following your gut and just putting as much money in as you can. It's not like a lot of investors bust out. So Veronica suggests to Alex, Zandra, that she should invest in Pop Tates. Yeah. Look, this is just a ploy from Veronica. She's like, uh, diners? Drive-ins? Dives? Speaking of dives, Archie walks through a dive of a high school <laughs> and he hears a full-on New Directions Glee Club. Uh, I, yeah, I wrote down it's Glee Club. He hears singing and he finds Glee Club. And just like New Directions, Josie is the main singer in her student's Glee Club. Yep. And, he's, and as Archie says, I knew it was you because nobody else would not close the music room door in the middle of classes. I am a shop teacher I, or something. I bet he came out being like, what is, what's going on? Why is there kids singing I'm, in the I'm hallway? I'm ROTCing in there talking about war and stuff and there's music happening. And he was like, oh, a friend of mine. Now, yeah. Kevin, lest you forget, this is very important for all of our audience to remember. When Josie decided to leave Riverdale and go on tour with her dad, she was dating Archie yep. and broke up with him. She will. Not ever deal with that. Her most recent relationship was Archie Andrews, as far as we know. I love the idea that Josie comes to Riverdale and backslides so hard, she actually goes past Archie to Sweet Pea. It's true. Like, <laughs> like, she hits it so hard that she doesn't even remember Archie existed and remembers, like, that three-month off-screen fling with Sweet Pea. And that is, that's the future. And Archie is single. He's not today dating Veronica because she's married. Yeah. Uh, but he invites her to the White Worm. Um, and she's like, no, no, I have to write. And he's like, mm, or you have to have fun. So Josie does uh, take a little bit of a side here to call uh, Melody and Valerie. Valerie. That's she sort of gets it, lets them know, hey, come on out here. And then then we get to the white worm. Did we know that Archie made a sexy fireman's calendar? <sighs> it feels like I remember it coming up with Eric. It does. We are confirmed. I know we never saw it. Archie made a sexy calendar, but like it feels it feels like a real Veronica plan. Yeah. 
Uh, I think it definitely is a wrong plan. And then Archie goes, enough about me and all of my adventures over the past seven years. Josie, what are your adventures? I want to clarify, Wang on that uh, Jughead is there, just sitting back there with everybody who went on a drug trip and vanished. And now he's just chilling out. It's just fine. And also Kevin, who will not have any lines. As soon he as- will also have no ire pointed at him. <laughs> as soon as Josie returned, Kevin Kevin returns to his secondary character status. So, no, he always had more stories than she did. Now, Kevin will always be there he, in any scene you can imagine kevin is there yeah it doesn't matter if it should be a private scene it doesn't matter if it should be a dream sequence kevin is there so um josie does not get to tell us her story because josie will never tell us her story <laughs> no it'll always be well you know what happened to me or in this case veronica says i told them what happened to you over the past seven years because i saw it on tv and and of and on a vanity flare and also you were best friends with my best friend and i assume i visited you at some point because i am best friends with your roommate katie keen anyway um Betty brings up, hey, maybe you're going to help us save Riverdale. And Josie loses her mind. So she makes her way around the table. First, she throws shade at Veronica, who I was pretty sure she was like, she had had some rough times in the middle. But like Veronica gave her her start swinging, singing at the the speakeasy. Like Veronica set her up with Katie Keene in New York, which I assume was (laughs) related to her meteoric rise to fame. Yeah, they they sang together all the time. They seemed like they were very close by the time that Josie left. So it's real weird for her to be like, we're more acquaintances now. And I didn't have much of a say in our old times. Like. Veronica might be the one who, who got you where you are. I mean, you've you also are very talented. Don't get me wrong. But you've also definitely talked to Veronica in the past two years. 100%. Uh, then she moves. Jughead just laughs. And then she's like, you! I remember the time you held up Pop Tate's wearing a serpent mask. I couldn't remember that. I couldn't remember that I, either. I found it out. That was when Kurtz was holding Jellybean hostage and forced them to rob Pop Tates. So Jughead really could have defended himself. Yeah, it's like, well, I was doing it to protect my... <laughs> my kidnapped child <laughs> of a sister. No, no, to be fair, that doesn't do... That does little to... Make her less mad. To make her less afraid that they robbed the store. Also, FP got shot by Pop Tates in that scene. Yeah, so come on. I don't know. Like, I get it. I get it. She also was scared of the robbery. She, that's when she was with her dad. That's right. Yeah. Then she points at Betty and she's like, you never talk to me ever. Uh, <laughs> I was like, you guys had a slumber I remember the slumber party. I remember the slumber party. Because they sing. But yes, just true. You two never had a plot line together except for maybe G&G. But you know what? That's the show's fault. That's not Betty's fault. This is what I bring up. By this scene, feels like Josie McCoy or Ashley Murray <laughs> is just screaming at the show. Why didn't you ever give me a reasonable storyline show? Yep. Uh, which is a lot like when uh, when Kevin Keller does the same thing. I don't know why I'm doing what I'm doing. <laughs> now, Cheryl probably deserves it. So Cheryl's like, no, Cheryl deserves it. Cheryl busts it, and she's like. Yeah, guys, you shouldn't ask. You shouldn't ask Josie for anything. She's a transcendent star that rises a, above all of you. You sent me a pig's heart. And Cheryl's like, mm. like of all the things there, which like you could, 
like once again from joey's point of view maybe you couldn't uh, put away too much the veronica one is wild like they were yeah. very close yeah that's and crazy she lived with katie Keene. like that is wild i don't know why you'd be angry if you never talked to betty <laughs> you also never talked to her it's not like she was the cool kid excluding you yeah, you also rarely talked to fangs like come like, on betty was basically a nerd at the school and you also, ruled it also so. i don't think betty was implying they were friends betty was just being like could you help your town that you care about i guess <laughs> like yeah now, she will not scream at Archie, because who could? Or Kevin. Because Kevin's not a character. Yeah. Uh, so she goes outside, uh, and she meets a character we haven't seen in... <laughs> it's Sweet Pea! It's Sweet Pea! Sweet Pea is on a bike? Because um, he's, a... he's also a trucker, yeah. but not right now. <laughs> he's a trucker who owns a bike. That's uh, uh, There's nothing strange about that. And he's like, you look wound up. Yeah. I'll take you anywhere. So they go and have sex at her apartment. And the next morning, he's sleeping in the bed and she is sneaking out. And he's like, <laughs> hey, I see you sneaking out. Anyway, he won't be seen until the end of this episode. Because Josie has to go meet with Valerie and Melody. I think back at the White Worm? Yeah, they're in the White Worm. She goes right back there immediately. This is morning time White Worm. Mm-hmm. They are having morning time gin and tonics. Yeah. So um, she called them in because since she got back, she was wondering if they wanted to join her on one of the tracks. And hey... Do you do still perform? Now it's a musical. Uh, then what I thought was a like a like a um a cutaway. Like yeah. I thought it was, it was cutting away to hey, this is them back in New York. No, no, no. She asked, "Do you perform?" And they jumped up on stage and had full choreography with backup dancers. And they each get their own song and they share the end melody <laughs> song. Like you, you would think melody song would be enough. But no, then yeah. Valerie gets her own song right afterwards. Well, originally I'm like, wait, so Melody's the singer now? They, <sighs> It's very hard to be a lead singer when you play drums. I, Let's just be honest I mean, there. yeah, the only one who can do that is, of course, Phil Collins. Naturally. Naturally. Uh, <laughs> now, I just sort of wish they played one instrument. Yeah. Like, because they're a band, but, like, they're not real. They're more of a, like... I don't know what to describe it, like that fifth harmony. Yeah, well, I mean, when they were first introduced, they were a girl group of singers, and we were outraged. Yeah. And then they kind of gave them instruments a little bit throughout the show. This this one is very, like, hard and fast. They are a, I don't know what you call it, what's the opposite of, of a girl group? Or a boy group? It's a, a it's boy a girl band. group. They're like Destiny's Child. Okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> except for if Destiny's Child was just a band from a high school, and then Beyonce got very famous after high school. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, they they're like, yeah, no, we did we did perform, but they can conf- perform a little bit. But they confront her by the fact, like, hey, yo, you were really mean to us. Remember how we were in a band and then we stopped being characters in season two of the show <laughs> because you pers- you pursued a solo act without telling us, and then you never spoke to us again because we ceased <laughs> to be characters on the show. We reappeared one more time as backup for Veronica, and that was it. We didn't like that. So they uh they head out. Um so upstairs in Pop Tapes. <laughs> I presume this exact same time. Yeah. Veronica introduces um so I was so upset that only at this point did we find out that she calls Alexandra Cabot Zandra. Yeah. Because I have been trying to figure out what like initial to use for her in my <laughs> notes. X. Yeah, I could have used X the entire time, but I didn't know until, like, the third scene she was in. That is a very you-centric complaint. No, this is a storytelling problem. If you're going to call someone <laughs> by a nickname repeatedly, you have to introduce them with the nickname the first time we meet them. Okay, TV shows. 
if someone is in your audience trying to take notes for a comedy podcast, you need to make sure each of your characters has different initials. No, I just you need to establish your nicknames early on so I know what's what. Now, this is the, only the second time she called her by name, <laughs> so... Uh, anyway, so Zandra has some tweaks to suggest. Uh, she's she says to be interested in the diner. Yeah, she what, loves diners. But what she's interested in is singing. Is a singing diner, which so, makes sense because isn't Alexandra's background that she's a record producer? Yep. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I yet like I understood that. I wrote that down, being like, I'm pretty sure she's a record producer. Why is she getting so into the restaurant bit? Like, why is she anything more than just an angel investor? I think. Thing with the Cabots is there was Alex and Alexandra, and I think Alexandra was the good one who made good investments in a wide range of industries. Yeah. And Alexander, I think, met Josie on a street corner because she was busking and thought she was really cool and then almost dated her, but also it, was not allowed to invest in her because he makes bad choices. It makes I don't remember. It makes sense that I don't get me wrong. If you're someone who like who apparently is a big investor like this person is, you would invest in a ri- wide range of things. It's just weird how much she's like like want like getting into the diner with specific things that she wants but first she wants a singing diner which cuts to them singing little shop of horrors and let me explain who them is yes. because it's not the them you expect yeah the them is alexandra yeah tabitha yeah and a very pregnant tony topaz yeah veronica doesn't watches sing. Yeah, and Kevin dances, dances in the background. <laughs> this, there's a very long tracking shot where I think we're supposed to be focusing, because that's where the focus mark is, <laughs> on the singers as it like tracks forward. But all I see is Kevin in the background, just grooving, just having a time, standing up in his booth alone. And they have this... <laughs> they, they have this scene afterwards where they like explain that they called Tony to come in to do to this test out this singing, <laughs> to do the song with them. There's no explanation for why Kevin's there. <laughs> Kevin just came. He just was at the diner alone. <laughs> he, he was with there's a hype man. So yeah, they're like, "Thank you, Tony, for jumping." I would give a million dollars to see that conversation. Hey, Tony, I know you're a week overdue. And you're you on come, bed rest. Could you come out here and sing with our investor and the owner of the business to maybe hopefully get her to invest <laughs> in Bob Dates? And Tony's like, yeah, maybe that'll shake the baby out. Spoiler alert. It does not. It does not. Um. So now after that, Alex. Okay, no, no. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. We have to talk about the worst promo placement that any show has ever had is that what those jeans were yes oh the baby jeans. tony bring tony like <laughs> oh well i'll just go and buy also i found these baby jeans she has an old navy bag and veronica says what's in that old navy bag and then tony calls the product by name now admittedly i didn't say <laughs> now he's like her her appearance in this episode was so wild. I didn't even see that as product placement. I was just like, "This is insanity." I am watching, I am watching the inside of a madman's mind. Nothing here is real. Nothing exists. Old Navy isn't a real name. It definitely is not. Because in Riverdale, it would it would be like New Army. Yeah, it's true. So okay, so, so Tony they, goes to leave. Yep. 
Um, Alexandria is like, that was a fun song we sang anyway. I'm very just interested, but I do need to see the finances. I'm like, you can see twenty years worth of finances. I was like, why wasn't that the first thing? Now, twenty years is a weird, like, well, and that's way too much because Tabitha has only been in charge for the restaurant for like, yeah, a couple months. I think she needs like a year. I kind of thought the problem there was going to be it's like there was a time where 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 um uh there's a time in those twenty years where both Veronica had been cooking the books and Hiram was using it as a front. Exactly. Like, there should be some discrepancies <laughs> in these books. But that doesn't come up. It does not. So, uh, anyway, it's also, I think I meant, I said this, but it's just got slid by. I think I said, like, a minute ago, but my mind's a mess now. <laughs> I feel like this is one of the first things you do as an investor, not, hey, yo, can you sing? Anyway. Uh, Josie returns to her a hotel room, and somehow her mom's in it. And she cries, and she cries, and her mom's like, I knew in my heart to come to Riverdale when I heard you disappeared from Berlin. I'm like, no, you didn't. A mult, a multi-platinum recording artist started teaching at a private high school, and kids have TikTok. Yeah, it definitely blew up. Like, people know where Josie <laughs> McCoy is now. Everyone knows where she is. Like, if Rihanna appeared at, like, a, a, sc- a school in upstate <laughs> New York at just, like, teaching music classes, yeah, man. That's on Instagram. There's hashtags trending. It's on Twitter. It's everywhere. TMZ is covering that. But we get the reveal of why Josie, like the f- initial reason why Josie came here. And it gives it to us in a flashback. <laughs> yep. So, jo- I mean, they explain it and then they show the flashback. So Josie. Show and tell. Yeah. So Josie learned her dad died. Of a heart attack. Yeah. And this, her mom was, and she's like, well, I have to do a concert in Berlin. And her mom's like, yep, just thought you should know. Don't worry. No. You can finish your worldwide tour. Ooh, I wish that was it. Aaron, um, I'm going to do a little bit of dramatic uh, reenactment here for you, I Go guess. Go for it. Uh, you, I, I need you to, to lead me in. I want you to tell me that my father has died, and I'll be Josie. Josie, your fa- I just found out your father had a heart attack. He's dead. Mom. I'm in Berlin. I know. In the middle of a world tour. Yes, I know. <laughs> you don't have to do anything. I just wanted you to know I'll take care of it. We'll deal with it when you're done. She is literally sitting backstage. At, backstage. People are screaming her name. <laughs> at her makeup mirror. You think her mom would be like, hey, you doing anything right now? Well, and if her mom knows she's on a worldwide tour, do you think her mom could, like, do some quick math? <laughs> be like, uh, let's maybe just, like, take a couple, like, maybe, like, in the morning. Maybe in the morning. We'll tell her in the morning. <laughs> like, do you remember when our grandfather passed away? Kind of. It was in, like, my senior year of university, and I was doing Hamlet, and our grandfather was my mom's dad. So I did a performance of Hamlet. I came home. I talked to mom about it for, like, half an hour. And then she was like, well, I need to tell you something. <laughs> and she told me, and I was like... That he had passed away. And I was yeah. like, why did you not tell me that half an hour ago? <laughs> and she's like, well, I didn't want to wreck your night. Yeah, timing's going to be weird. Um, I also just like that mom, I'm, Ber- I'm in Berlin in the middle of a world tour. Because the introduction to that flashback was her saying, I was in Berlin getting ready to go on stage. <laughs> like, yeah, so we get the information a Twice. lot. We get it very clear that she was in Berlin. On a world on tour. On a world tour. So the mom has a uh, Sierra, by the way, because yes. you forgot who her mom was. You know, former Mayor McCoy, lawyer McCoy. Yeah, uh, she brought uh, the ashes, and they learned that uh, the dad's last wish was to spread them across the country. And Josie 
at all of the places that he had performed. Yes. Josie also receives a book of songs that he wrote and reorchestrated that he wants to record. And also there's a picture of her in there. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of emotion. Uh, We cut over to Mel and Val who are talking about Josie. And Melody is like, so Josie sucks. Sucked. I would like to not suck. So I will tell you, our movie will not happen. Because Tyler Perry does not want you to play the lead. And Valerie's like, no, yeah, it makes sense. That makes sense. It makes total sense. I don't think Valerie was that invested in playing the lead. I don't think so. I think she thought it'd be fun, but she was like, hmm. But like that, I think Valerie, we, it's one thing we know about Valerie. Valerie's super reasonable. She's very practical. Val, Valerie's like, when Mel said that, Valerie was probably like, <laughs> we'll sure. see. Sure. Yeah, it's probably going to be like Kiki Palmer, whatever. But, ooh, Melody is like, I already emailed Tyler, Tyler Perry. And I told him, I'm not going to do it. Do you know how pissed I would be at a friend if they did that? If they gave up that. If if they were like, if they was like, hey, Kevin, uh, a movie, you're going to be the lead. I'd be like, cool. And I'd get excited. And then they'd be like, oh, the produ- production, com- production company wants like a real big star in the lead. I'd be like. Oh, that makes sense. But definitely still do it. And it's like, so hard to break into the film industry and get like a book adapted into a film. Well, and I'm just wondering if he's optioned it and there's like contracts and stuff. I don't think she can opt out. Yeah, I don't think she I don't think, can opt out. I don't out. think she can breach a contract in that way. But I would be so, so, so angry. It's... This this feel this is what it's been by the Katie Keene like mm-hmm. type energy, and this feels like this. It's like Roberto doesn't like. I feel like he's worked hard to get where he is. Mm-hmm. Like we like we sort of read some of his backstory, but like <laughs> he's constantly being just like granted chances at making terrible shows. Well, and he writes his stories like a fifteen year old writing a play. About not selling out after watching Rent. Yeah, it's like, Mel, you know what? You know what? This one can be made by Tyler Perry. You can have Kiki, Kiki Palmer as the lead. The next one you can cast Val in. Exactly. Like, once your name is already out there. Like, break into the industry, then do... Ugh. Also, I have a question. Why is, like, 20... Well, never mind. That's a dumb question. What? I was going to ask why 25-year-old Valerie is playing the lead of a YA movie. Then I heard what I was saying as I was saying it. <laughs> of course she would. <laughs> she, like, it wasn't that long ago she was playing a 16-year-old. But unknown 25-year-old no, no, un- Valerie? Unknown is the big thing. Yeah. yeah, like, there's no way they would, like, like Tyler Perry would be like, yeah, let's get this person who's probably never acted before. If she was an unknown 17-year-old and they were like, ooh, here's this fresh energy, maybe. Maybe. I mean, it's, anyway. it's, I think that's not Melody's choice. We cannot dwell on this because Sarah McCoy calls. And then we cut to Alexandra Cabot, who has some feedback after going through the financials, and it's not what you expect. Yeah, so they need to reprice the, reprice the menu, which they're like, yeah. Frog <laughs> says update the prices, which makes me think they may not have been updated since the 60s. Yeah, the implication is that they are using 1960s prices. Yeah. Uh, but she has one other thing that they need to do. What was Something that could maybe save them some money. The milkshakes. So they are losing money on all of the milkshakes. And what they should do is instead of using real milk, they should use instant milk. Now, I do think you should probably up the price on the milkshakes. Yeah, I think um, that's the solution. That, be- that means, uh, I want to mention this. Like, they're- So this is, this is going to be the big, the big sticking point. And I think it makes sense. Like, this is why you don't get someone who's, who's not in like the restaurant industry coming in and doing this. Because if 
if a restaurant like you, how many restaurants have gone down because they've changed their um, the recipe of their signature item? Yeah, the the thing that people go there for, and there's a lot of stores and restaurants who have an item that is the you lose money on it item. It's like Costco and their chicken. Yeah, they lose money on their chicken, but the the idea is that the rest of the stuff kind of makes up for it. And you go in the door to get the chicken, and then yeah. you see other things, and you're like, oh. Now, obviously, we don't know their finances. Maybe they should. Maybe they're still charging 25 cents a milkshake and that's not feasible and so what tabitha says is yeah no we can't change the recipe of our signature item and alexander says well it's just a milkshake and tabitha's like um let me give you a black history lesson thank you yeah so she explains that her great 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 grandfather created the first pops chocolate shop yeah in a time where there were no people of color which was this shop yeah. yeah, in Riverdale. Yeah. And they sold one item. Which was chocolate shakes. And it was open 24 hours, yep. and it was a safe place for people who looked like Alex and Tabitha yeah. to go and have something nice. So there is history, and there is legacy, and there is community, and yeah. they're not changing it. Oh, this episode is a very black-led episode also. like Yeah, Robin Givens. Uh, Robin Givens. In case you haven't seen Katie Keene, so you don't know like how like, Alexander mm-hmm. Cabot is. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, but Robin Givens, who plays um, Sierra McCoy, is the yeah. director of this episode. Oh, okay. Cool. But what is frustrating to me is this is not what works on Alexandra. No, it doesn't. Alexandra's like, oh, well, the- guess I need all my money back. <laughs> Though it does tell me what Alexandria's uh, priorities are. Well, like she eventually when she turns, it's because she sees Josie McCoy is in the building. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, it's not even good for that Josie McCoy is like... Would would speak for Pop Tate or likes Pop Tate. Yeah. She was in, she was in the bar beneath Pop Tate's. And Alexandra Cabot's like, oh, a celebrity. Oh, All right a, then. Oh, a celebrity was around. Let me point out a celebrity who she did not want to give a record deal to and actively undermined on Katie Keene. Well, now well now she's Rihanna. <laughs> Val Valerie and Melody go to go see Josie yeah. because they feel bad that Josie's dad died, and they're like. Maybe we shouldn't have been super mean to you because maybe you were seeking a place of safety and security and memory. They did also bring up her dad. Like in the talk, they're like, your dad was like, like the entire time your dad was a side person in, in a band. And I thought you would be nicer to like the side Your women. side people. Yeah. I'm like, well, I mean, you're on the band together. I guess yeah. this is called Josie and the Pussycat. No, it's called the Pussycats in this one. Yeah. And also, if Pussy there's Pussy one Pussy. thing I know from a better movie, they all create the music together. <laughs> yeah. Uh. There is a subtle implication in this that Josie's the only one who writes the music, and that kind of once again bugs me about the about the, this iteration of the Pussycats. But we know it's Kevin. We actively know it's not true because they write the music all together in this show. I We've know. seen scenes of them writing the music together. I know, but that's not what it implies. Like in like this episode. So Josie explains yeah. that the reason that she became obsessed with the spotlight is because her dad was always just outside of the spotlight. So she learned she had to shove everyone away so she could have the spotlight herself. It's kind of what her dad said actually. That's remember when yeah. uh, she was doing her show and it, his, her dad didn't show up and he was like, "I did it as a test. I need to make sure you you knew that you only needed yourself." So okay, uh, but so they they will record the track with Josie, but Josie also adds on, "Hey, maybe a a one night concert." And then they make the dumbest choice ever. <laughs> so they announce this in the dumbest way you could. Mm-hmm. They go to Archie Andrews, who has nothing to do 
with with the white worm or benefit concerts or I, music anymore i think he was just nearby uh, uh, like yeah because they meet her in the music room and they, they just walk across the hall and they're like archie also is he in is he in the principal's office i thought he was in his rotc does he have an rotc he's in an office does he have a football coach office he's sitting at a desk <laughs> Anyway, they're like, we're going to do a one-night-only benefit concert. And this despite is- the fact that Josie is Rihanna, they do their benefit concert to raise money to reincorporate the town in the White Worm. <laughs> Which can hold, like, 40 people. When they surely could have sold, like, do the concert on the football field. Yeah. Um, also, I just want to say, I didn't realize money... Was the problem with them reincorporating Riverdale? I thought it was they don't have like a like anybody who's willing to be part of the government. And I thought no one cared about Riverdale, so we needed Riverdale spirit. Because we looked this up, like you don't need like or is this the pay off the lawyer? You don't really need money to incorporate a town. You just need a bunch of people to vote to incorporate the town. Like and you might need a you need a lawyer to like draft up stuff yeah. for the government, but. But, like, in many ways, doing a massive concert (laughs) with a massive celebrity who's like, hey, my hometown was so great. It taught me so many things, which will be what she says. Yeah. Could, like, reinvigorate town spirit. Instead, they do a secret concert below a diner. In a biker bar. That presumably no one hears about. Except for Dr. Curdle Jr. Well, no, only people in Riverdale hear about it. So, like, it's only – they're raising funds from the people who live in Riverdale. Like, if they had done any sizable concert at all, can you imagine how that would have blown up? We already talked about she, the kids in TikTok. She already missed her Berlin, like, performance. This, yeah, oh, God. And this isn't a bar, so not a single child, mm-hmm. like, not a single teenager could come to this, and they need the teenagers. So, the concert <sighs> goes on. Uh, we learned that Dr. Curl Jr. is a fan, and this is, is fantastic, because he's still a creep. He's wearing he, a Josie t-shirt. And I mean, like, he still talk. Like, he's like, yes, I am very much a fan of Josie McCoy. She has a touch of evil on her. And then Waldo Weatherby's also like, me too. Well, we knew that. We knew he was a fan. I just like that he's there. Yeah. Uh, so then horrible things happen. Okay. Uh, I need to take you to the roller coaster of emotions of this, of this next scene for Ke- me. Kevin, take the mic. Uh, <laughs> it begins. And we and the the concert. We have the three three pussycats up on stage, and they are in silhouette dancing around chairs. It's very. Remember how I keep on accidentally calling them the pussycat dolls? Yes, it's very pussycat dolls. Yes, it's a sexy slow version of their theme song. And they say in it the line: "Guitars and sharps and flats with nary a guitar in sight." Josie and the pussycats, long tails <laughs> and ears for hats. Guitars and sharps and flats, Josie and the Pussycats. That is their song, and they do it sexy. And I'm like, oh, man, I really wish they would let him, like, be the band. Like, that's the thing that makes him stand out. And that's out. what it's makes just, them cool. They're yeah. a girl band. Yeah. Again, to go back to the better movie, the whole point is they're girls who play instruments, which makes them better than du jour. Yeah. And that's, that's and, like, it's cool if, like, you update them from being, like, a, like you know, a rock band to maybe being more R&B inspired, which is a little what a lot of this music is. Mm-hmm. Um. Then we move forward, and they're at their instruments. Like, Josie has the guitar, Valerie's at the keyboard, Melly's at the drums. I'm like, oh, cool, awesome, they're going to do it. 
The song begins, and what do they do, Aaron? They walk away from their instruments, and the music continues so they can sexy dance. I'm not even sure if they ever pl- I mean, they're not playing them. Someone else is playing them. They literally use the instruments as props, and then sexy dance in front of it. And it, I think this is because whoever the director of photography is for this episode doesn't know how to dynamically shoot a band. So instead, mm. they just have people dance because they don't know how to, like, get cool shots of, like, up close on, like, a guitar or a keyboard or fingers going on a keyboard or a drum kit Look, being hit. here's the thing. If we can cool film Tara Reed play- playing drums, <laughs> you can do it with anyone. This melody actress seems genuinely talented. Yeah. It's infuriating. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, so they, they finish yeah they finish up their song they're a horrible song I mean they do a good job singing but it's a, it is horrible yeah like, it is scream to the heavens egregious yeah none of the music is necessarily bad it's just the, what they did with the band and then Josie monologues which I think it's this is the speech that inspires Alexandria Cabot about how much she loves Riverdale and Riverdale is a place that nourishes artists herself Valerie Brown Melody Valen- Valentine yeah yeah Melody Valentine even Jughead Jones which let's be real Jughead Jones was is more famous than Melody or Valerie so calm down Josie yeah um <laughs> he's also just saying they went down with that no I I when I remembered her last name was Valentine I'm like oh my god her name is Mel Val <laughs> and I really wanted Valerie to be like valid, like Valerie, I don't know, Melanie or something. <laughs> so she goes, Val Bell. <laughs> anyway, so she's like, the, they're so important to me. Anyway, shut the lights off on them. I'm going to sing alone now. <laughs> and she sings Stars by Nina Simone. Because it's the song that her dad would always want her to sing. And there's so many emotions mm. until Tony Topaz starts to have her baby. Josie sings the baby out of Tony. Now, (laughs) let's be honest. We know how babies work. Tony must have been in labor for, like, hours before this. But was like, no, no, I can go to a concert. This is a big deal. Well, she has to have been because as soon as that baby starts coming, Aaron, there's no time. They can't even go home. They prepared for a home birth, but they can't get to their home. She's a week overdue. And... They don't have, like, maybe the car filled with a bag just in case something happens. No. They're like, oh, my God, we can't drive to a hospital. Guess she'll have to give birth in the diner. But thank goodness Fang's prepared for a home birth, so he can do it. He just needs an extra set of hands. This is going to be Cheryl, because Cheryl's a weirdo who wants to look at a vagina. So, um... Because Tony gave birth in a diner, that brought Alexandra Cabot's mind back to business. <laughs> so, yep, she's in again because they got Josie's celebrity endorsement, which... They didn't, but... <laughs> I, well, I think I think the way that Alexandra's going to swing it is a Josie speech down there being like, this town and this place is so wonderful. She's going to be like, that counts. <laughs> she, that like, counts. hit record on her phone as it happened. Uh, yeah. So, cool. She's in again. And the pussycats kind of bond over how they always get upstaged by either dead bodies or babies. <laughs> and, but uh, they love performing. Yeah. So Josie wants him to go on tour with her. And they're all going to be headliners. They're, they're just going to go as Josie and the pussycats. They're not going to... No, no, they're going to go as the pussycats. Sorry, as the pussycats. Yeah, they're not going to go as Josie McCoy. 
and her opening act. The which is Joseph McCoy again with the, <laughs> her friends. No, she's doing a Pussycats tour. They already have a tour bus, by the way. Okay, this show doesn't know how tours work. Yeah, just something you decide to do, I guess. She decides she's going to go on a very small tour of all of these backyard venues. You know, the places her dad used to play. So she can scatter his ashes and all this. So she's just decided these places want her to perform there. Yeah. Um, and they're not going to get overwhelmed by the fact that, like, multi-platinum award winning. Like, they, they really have her up that she is, like, the top star. Star the of world. stars. Like, this is Beyonce. Yeah. Um. Maybe not Beyonce. That's why I think I'm saying Rihanna. Yeah. I mean, she, but at this point, Rihanna's also... Beyonce. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Everyone's Beyonce. <laughs> Valerie's like, I can probably come, but I should talk to the man who proposed to me. Don't worry, I'll explain. And the <laughs> Melody's like... Wait, she says, I need to talk to Alan. I need to tell him I'm not ready to get married. I'm like, girl, he knows. <laughs> you said, hmm? <laughs> you talked about that at the beginning. Um, and then Melody's like, yeah, I guess we can make this music tour also a book tour. N- Melody. That's sa- not how that works. Melody says, since my movie's on the back burner, I'm like, no, it's not on the back burner. It's happening without you. <laughs> yeah. One, either they're, ha- they're suing you to get because you breached contract, unless if your contract had an exit thing from it. Um, <laughs> or two, no, your movie's dead. Yeah. It's not on the back burner. Yeah, you either burned every bridge or... Yeah, because they're going to be like, oh, yeah, that's the girl who wouldn't option her option her book because she needed her, her roommate to play the lead. Like, you're done, girl. <laughs> Sorry, Melody, you need to come up with a pen name. But there's one more <laughs> sweet boy who might... Who, who I think has just been laying at the hotel all day. <laughs> No, no, it's not time for that quite yet. Oh, it's not? Okay. First, Cheryl's going to walk into the diner and explain to Kevin that he has a son. Oh, right. Uh, wait, what? That scene happened? Yeah. I was on focus. The, last, the next thing I remembered. They were outside with their tour bus? Oh, no. Right. I only remember that scene of Cheryl walking in and hugging him. I forgot how much Kevin was involved in that baby. Because when the baby's being held, Kevin's standing across the parking lot from it. Kevin, Kevin that is your child. Yeah, I know you broke up with Fangs, but you have an obligation to raise that I, child. Yeah, I don't care if you have your whole, but I'm a sad man. I can't be that. That is your child. Cheryl should not have been the extra set of hands. You should have been, Kevin. You you also prepared for the home birth. You and Fangs only <laughs> broke up like three weeks ago. He, Kevin, will never approach upon that baby. It is Fangs and Tony saying with that baby, by the way, the baby's name is Tony. Is Tony. This is the baby's... Tony named her baby Tony. This is Tony and her baby Tony. Tony and her baby Tony. (laughs) She named him Anthony for her grandfather, but she's also named Antonia for her grandfather. Yeah, this is Antonia. I mean, we already have Alexander and Alexandria. At least that's that's brother and sister, not my... (laughs) (laughs) Like, I get, like, not even, like... I guess, what, do you add the second on, like, a junior onto that? I guess she's Antonio, uh, Antonia, Antonia, and he's he's Anthony, Anthony, so that's not the same name, but you're both Tony. Yeah, he's definitely Tony Jr. With an I and a Y. (laughs) So anyway, um, what we have alluded to is, I guess, the next day, they are ready to go on tour. (laughs) Yeah, they got got a a bus with the pussycats across the side. And uh, Tony Tony brings her day-old baby, or week-old baby, it doesn't matter. She brings a brand new baby to see that tour bus off. Oh, yeah. That baby does not need to come. (laughs) That baby's not even aware of what life is at this point. Yeah, that baby can stay home, thank you. And also, Tony should stay home. She is recovering. (laughs) 
No, they're all good to go. Baby, babies just slide out in the back of diners. You don't have enough time to go to. I understand you're playing a home birth, but like if 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 you if you don't have time, you go to the hospital. The thing is, like labor takes a long time. Active labor can be short, but like you know you're in labor before active labor happens. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so what we're alluding to is that Sweet Pea has arrived. So, uh, Alan is going on the tour. Mm-hmm. Nancy is not going on the tour. But Sweet Pea would really like to go on the tour. Yeah, yeah. He can do anything. He can be a roadie. He can drive a bus. A bus is like a truck. He can still be her everything. These two, ha- These two dated for three months in high school. But Josie says yes. Okay, okay, okay. I guess we don't have to deal with Sweet Pea on the show anymore. Presumably. Now Betty has no trucker friends. So then... Okay, we'll we'll really have to do another dramatic reenactment of this scene, <laughs> but uh, would you like me to be Josie? <laughs> well, I mean, we'll just quickly explain. We go to a conversation with Sierra and Josie, essentially, kind of wrapping up everything that wow, just happened. Wow, this episode sure happened. I can't believe Sweet Pea is coming on the tour. I better leave before more people try to come on this tour. No more surprises, huh, Mom? My name is Toot Sweets. I toured with your father. I think he was mixing with some bad stuff, including debts, drugs, and maybe even voodoo. And I don't believe his death was a natural death. Well, goodbye. (laughs) Then he leaves. And then Sarah's like, well, we live in Riverdale, so pretty much any death is is suspicious. Yeah, but he died in New Orleans. (laughs) Well, then Josie's like, "Eh, guess I need to investigate my dad's voodoo death. I guess I know where the first stop of my tour will be. New Orleans. <laughs> That's very far away. That is very far away. You're not going to so, stop anywhere along the way? So the tour is not planned. They're just going to show up places and demand they let them play. <laughs> Which is what you do when you're like a new band. Like I, You find open mic nights. Now, I don't want us to slide over Toot Sweets. Toot Sweets. Toot Sweets. Toot Sweets wanders up to... To- Sierra and Josie says, my name is Toot Sweets. I used to play with your father. I, I was believe- with him in New Orleans. <laughs> I believe voodoo was involved and his death wasn't natural. Then he takes a full hard left turn and walks off into the distance. I don't know. Where- they-, they don't know where he came from. If he actually knew their father. If he's a real person. I mean, he's definitely a ghost, right? <laughs> And then, and then they're like, well, we better take him at his word. So we then segue into our final Melody voiceover about these three wonderful, magical mystery girls. <laughs> Melody's voiceover is so inconsistent and hilarious. <laughs> With what just happened. <laughs> well, and also the fact that, like, she's not a huge character in this episode. <laughs> Which I guess Jughead wasn't a huge character in the first episode of Riverdale. No, so. he was barely a character. Um, so, yeah, they're going to go off the adventure, murder, voodoo. And at this point, a thought crossed my mind, Aaron. What was that thought? There hasn't been the Riverdale title sequence yet. I don't think that happened. Hard smash. This was not an episode of Riverdale. <laughs> this was an episode of The Pussycats, a show that doesn't exist. So... This is a show that no one wants and no one asked for. <laughs> this is a a secret, sneaky, 
poorly done uh, backdoor pilot to try to convince anyone, anyone. That you might care about this? Hey, hey, there might be voodoo. We do know magic is canonical in the Archieverse, so there could be actual voodoo. So the thing with backdoor pilots is like... Yeah, usually they're a way to drum up interest and get people wanting mm-hmm. to do your show. But usually you have like some awareness. You're like, oh, this is a backdoor pilot for Birds of Prey. This, also- this is a backdoor pilot for the Nancy Drew show, Tom Swift. Like usually you have an idea of what the project the- could possibly be. The problem we have is this goes too hard. And for, the f- and for most of it, I was just like, I don't care about these people. It's been... How long since we last saw them? It's been three or four years. And, like, I loved Valerie, but we get the least amount of Valerie out of any of these girls. Yeah, and, like, everything beforehand wasn't interesting. They literally had a character appear at the end and go, By the way, I don't think the death was natural. Goodbye. Mysteries abound in New Orleans. And if there's something we've learned from this, this is going to be a musical. Yeah. The Pussycats is going to be a musical TV show. Now, if you told me, like, years ago that, like, like a Pussycats TV show, I'd be like, that seems interesting. Almost kind of what they half set up here, which is impossible because of what we know about the characters. But the idea of just, like, the band on a tour bus and, like, they're very, they're very low. Like, not low, but they're very, yeah, like, they're a very small band. Very small band. And they literally aren't, they don't have a tour planned out. They go to towns. And they're like, please. Like, like almost, like supernatural and they could even without the without the supernatural element and they are a band and they could even like solve mysteries and break hearts <laughs> in yeah, the different you, towns we could literally do a like josie and because that's josie the pussycat solved mysteries yeah <laughs> like they were very like the whole scooby-doo mystery was a big thing in the 60s yeah like, so that would have been interested in this uh... i think i think any writer would really struggle with how to reconcile crazy famous Josie. Josie, medium famous Melody, and activist. I mean, Valerie was always kind of an activist. It was not even about like the different levels of um of like fame between each one of them. It's the fact that like so you write a show where you have this person who is so famous that when she vanished from her like Berlin. I mean, to be fair, that'd be interesting to hear about any artist, but like like who had a who had a tour like a European tour through Berlin and. Like could be recognized by Tabitha, who wasn't didn't live in town. She doesn't. She didn't recognize Josie McCoy from Riverdale. She mm-hmm. recognized Josie McCoy from being famous. From being famous, um, with the fact that like they're also supposed to go to New Orleans and like solve a mystery. And then again, this is not a pussycat show. This has to be a Josie show because of how you've set it up. Yeah, I mean, I guess you get some stuff with like, oh, Valerie and Alan. What's their whole deal? Which Na- is Alan is sweet and <laughs> Melody misses Nancy, I suppose, and she's also a writer, and maybe a movie is being made with Tyler Perry. I don't know. Also, Sweet Pea's here. Also, Sweet Pea, a guy from another show who will who will really stick out in this show. <laughs> You'll be like, who? <laughs> Why is this man with them? <laughs> Who's this baby faced trucker boy? Uh, so yeah, they uh, they did they, this, and we watched it. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Aaron. What did you learn this week? So uh, this is a very quick thing, but I thought we sort of 
you know, figured it out that might be interesting to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, we all know the word yeet. So popular. Yeah. Yeet. Uh, recently, this thing came around uh, that we already had a pre-existing antonym for it, or a pre-existing opposite term for a yeet. An opposite for a yeet? Yes, uh, which is yoink. So a yeet is to throw something away from you with force. A yoink is to pull something towards you with force. Hmm. And you can you can both say those words as you do them. You shout yeet as you throw. You say yoink as you pull. Delightful onomatopoeia. So, interesting. Uh, then we did some research. and like, how long has yoink been around for? I'm like, maybe it's like an older term. It's, yeah. It was now um, the most, like, popularized in pop culture by... Uh, writer George Meyer, I want to say. I'm doing this off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, from The Simpsons. Bart Simpson. Yoink. Yeah. Yeah. And Homer. Yoink. Uh, based on uh, the onomatopoeia, essentially, for, like, the Hanna-Barbera, like, pulling. Yeah. Uh, which was... The slide whistle. Yeah, oh, no. It was a, a violin being quickly, like, a violin bow being quickly pushed up on the violin. Ah. Uh, but recently, showrunner... Uh, for the Simpsons came out and said, actually, originally it had been used in Archie comics. And this seems apt. Yeah, no, but I, want, I do want to point out, I couldn't find any evidence of it being used in Archie comics. It's funny the showrunner coming out and being like, no, no, he got it from Archie comics. And like being so optimistic about it. <laughs> like, oh, no, that's what that's what happened there. There's no evidence of it. So perhaps, perhaps somewhere in the Archie uh annuals there was a there was the first inclusion of a yoink which then I can guarantee to you Archie Andrews said <laughs> which then or I, I mean this feels like a Reggie thing doesn't it oh when he's playing a prank yeah I forgot that Reggie's a prankster yep I mean you have to think of the classic ones the the ones from the comics not this <laughs> in case you guys were wondering no Reggie in this episode no uh <laughs> And then that's eventually we got Xantinum, uh Yeet. And now here we are with Riverdale. Hey, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Through this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where logic returned to its hometown, searching for something it had lost? And that's something that it found was not characterization or a storyline. <laughs> Are a good pilot. I did, Kevin, and I am choosing Kevin Keller grooving. <laughs> not only did he groove in the Little Shop of Horrors number, but he is really trying to groove while the Pussycats are singing. The um, Josie touches Archie on the chin and Kevin's like, yeah! Kevin's like, whoa! What's going on here? And when- hey, I have one line in this episode, but I'm in a lot of scenes. The back of my head was at the bar. When uh, Josie finishes her song, Archie Andrews kisses Kevin Keller on the cheek. And I <laughs> forgot the KJ Appa really made it a thing for Archie to kiss Kevin all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Archie loves Kevin. They never have a plot line together. They rarely talk to each other. Yeah, but they but they do battle together. They do. Be- because Kevin has somehow become unofficially, because he's the sheriff's son, like, I don't know, a deputy? <laughs> he's always around when it's like, hey, there's danger going down, Kevin. We're going to go fight some dogs. And Kevin will always get beaten up. It's true. Mm. Speaking of Kevin... Kevin, did you find a CW moment? I'm going to take yours. I'm going to span it out a little bit. Do it. Um, it's got to be the entire Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, like, gosh. Because well, every other song is sung by Josie or the Pussycats. 
none of them are involved in this in this song. This is Tabitha, Alexandria, and Tony, and kind of Veronica. But if Veronica wore the outfit and sang, it would make so much more sense. Why is Veronica would... in this not in this number instead of Alexandria? Yeah, that would help. Alexandria being in it is really weird because she's like the inv- like Ex- Alexandria should be watching it happen <laughs> this, instead of Veronica. This sound this this setup and then and then her asking like oh, I want to do the finances is like can I make these people do whatever I want them to do? Hey, sing for me, and then they sing, and not even that. Little Shop of Horrors. You couldn't think of any other song you could sing that re- references like a diner or a candy shop or And like also none of the other songs in this are from a musical. There's no consistency in the song choice. No, yeah, cuz you have Celine Dion, you have a slowed down version of uh the Pussycat song. You have Stars by Nina Simone. And there are a lot of songs that I'm sure I should know, but I don't know. Yeah. And then Most have, of their sexy songs. And then Little Shop of Horrors. They should have just a milkshake. <laughs> they could have sang, my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. And they're yeah. like, it's better than yours. It's a perfect promo song for Pop Tates. Their milkshake is better <laughs> than yours because yeah. they use real milk, not powdered milk. In- instead, they sing a song about how scary their place is. <laughs> Little Shop of Terrors. Horrors. Bop shabop. Yeah. Uh, so that's the episode. It's not. It's not good. It's not great. Um, the show that it's setting up is also not great, which is unfortunate because I feel like the actors who they like they pulled in a lot of people for this. Like we got introduced to characters, we got reintroduced to characters. Partway through, when I was trying to figure out why this episode existed, I'm like, is this an apology? To these characters? Yeah. Are they giving Melody and Valerie and even Josie I mean, a storyline? I mean, it's noteworthy that Melody is doing the voiceover, who we joked forever about the fact that Melody had no lines, no character. She was a an engrandized extra. And let me tell you, the girls look amazing. Yeah. Like, they all look stunning they gave them great costumes they grew up well like these women yeah. look incredible in this episode but, but they gave them terrible lines weird plot lines the valerie not wanting to marry alan has no stakes whatsoever because we don't know who alan is and he's so chill about it he's like we mm, okay. we barely know who valerie is in the last seven years they they tell us oh she's an she's an activist and she's a uh, barista. I can say barista. Like that's how she defines. She does define herself kind of as but a like, barista. But like they're literally just saying descriptions of Valerie from the comic books. Those yeah. are the things that sum up Valerie in the comic books. Yeah, you are you are these things. But like I don't. know, We don't. And I know the idea is supposed to be like, oh well, but it's it's giving you a taste of what you get in the Pussycat Show. I'm like, but I don't care about it. Yeah. There's. The, I don't the, even care about the voodoo. The best backdoor pilots that you see, they don't you you're watching the show and they don't lose track of the main plot of that show. These things feel like they slide in and they're an exciting additional element. And you're like, oh, I'd like to take that thread somewhere else, but also follow this main thread. In the future, if anyone's rewatching this, I say just skip this episode. Yeah, you won't miss anything. You will not miss, like, maybe the whole um, Alexandria Cabot investing in Tabitha's... I can guarantee we will never see Alexandria again. Yeah. 
But you will understand that Veronica is running a Ponzi scheme. Yeah, that's so. true. That's the only one thing you do. So when you're when you're watching through Riverdale again, obviously, as you will, as your mind decays upon itself and you need something that matches your level, uh, you can watch Riverdale. But when you hit season five, episode 15, just watch 2001's <laughs> Josie and the Pussycats. Uh, sp- and specifically... Every scene with Dujur. <laughs> Dujur means seatbelts. Dujur means family. <laughs> uh, all right, Aaron. Okay, um, here are the things. Give us your ratings, reviews, and subscriptions on Apple Podcasts or your podcaster of choice. Or get over on the social media to tell us what Dujur means because we don't care about this episode. So that is Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA on Instagram, on Twitter, and at gmail.com. And because we're already going over, I'm just going to skip right to the end because we've been going long, but it's been fun. Uh, We'll see you next week. Will Valerie ever marry Alan? Was Josie's dad's death not natural? Will we ever see any of these characters again? For answers to all this and more, join us next week on Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast?